When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. This, of course, is our Picks podcast. And then in the second half, uh, Teresa Walker will join us to preview the Tennessee Titans. Before you get started on this podcast, if you haven't already, check out Football Insider, where you get exclusive access to Brown's stories, uh, tagged exclusively on Cleveland.com. You get a newsletter every day with exclusive content written by a member of our Browns team. And one of the people you're going to hear on our Picks pod uh, is one of our text subscribers through Football Insider. He uh, comes on, so like we do every week, with a new uh, subscriber to our texting service. And, of course, we do our post-game Zooms as well, which actually turn into our Monday podcast, so you get to be a part of those uh, if you're part of our texting group. So head to cleveland.com slash browns, check out Football Insider, the blue banner, right at the top of the page for details, and to get yourself all signed up. Before we get to our picks, I actually want to try something a little bit different today. Just a quick take uh, that's been bouncing around my head. And it has to do with something we've talked about on this podcast and our post-game pods about criticizing the Browns when they're winning. You know, look, this team is 8-3. and three. It's fantastic. The change that Kevin Stefanski has made here has been unbelievable. The Browns are winning football games. They're going to make playoffs. But there was something that stood out to me on Wednesday after the Steelers beat the Ravens 19-14. to And this is an 11-0 football team. It's something Mike Tomlin said. He said, quote, We seek no comfort. We didn't play well tonight. To be bluntly honest, I'm really disappointed in our performance tonight. It was junior varsity in all three phases. That's a coach after a win over a division opponent to move to 11-0. Now, the Browns are not the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns are not where the Pittsburgh Steelers are. The Browns are trying to get there, and I think that's the bigger point here. When we're critical of the Browns after they win, we're not trying to take away from the wins. We're not trying to take away from the performance, but there has to be an understanding that the standard, the place this team is trying to get, is the team whose coach I just quoted. You're trying to become the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're trying to become the Baltimore Ravens. You know, Wyatt Teller said something interesting on Monday. He mentioned that the coaching staff was sort of telling them, hey, that's a game you could have won by 20 points. Now, I don't know if he was supposed to say that to us, but he did say that. And what that tells me is that behind closed doors, they're doing the same thing because that's how coaching works. That's how team building works. You're never happy you know, look, it's great to teach off a win. You want to teach off wins over losses. Uh, but it just stuck in my head when I read that quote by Mike Tomlin that it's okay when a team is winning to also take a critical look at what that football team is doing because that's ultimately how that team's going to go from being an 8-3 and three team who's contending for a wild card spot to one day competing with the Pittsburgh Steelers of the world, becoming the Pittsburgh Steelers, becoming the Baltimore Ravens, and ultimately, that's the goal of the Cleveland Browns. Now, on to our picks pod. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. This is, of course, our picks edition and our preview edition of the podcast. Uh, I am Dan Lobby. I'll go through and introduce our panel here in a second, but I want to let everyone know in the second half of the pod after the break, you're going to hear from Teresa Walker. She covers the Titans, and she'll tell us everything we need to know about Tennessee in the second half of the pod. But first things first, we have to do picks. So I'll introduce everyone in the order in which we stand, which means I have to start with Ellis Williams, who despite a one and three week last week, 24, 23 and one, the only person on our panel with a winning record. Uh, so Ellis is still feeling good here uh, after week number 12. I'm feeling great. And quickly, can I push back at that one three in record this week? Um, I picked the Ravens plus four, I believe. And then seven days later, they played that football game. I can't remember. Do we have any COVID protocols? Like did anyone pick Denver, New Orleans, and then wake up and not have a quarterback and we went with the adjusted line or do we go with the line? We, picked t- on we're, the pod? 
we're like the NFL. We just want to play the games. That's all. All right. So that's an L. So I, I guess that's my first loss. I'll say it. My first loss. That's it. All right. I am uh, after a two and two week that I badly needed. I had only won two games in the three weeks prior. Uh, so I needed this two and two week. I'm sitting at 23 and 25. Uh, Doug Lay Maurice is here after two and two week as well. 22 and 26 on the season. And Doug is loving that unnecessary roughness flag on Olivier Vernon because it changed the outcome of the Browns game for all of us. And Doug took the win there by taking the Jaguars last week. I changed my mind at the end of the podcast because I just thought it might get weird and it got <laughs> weird. Well, you know what? I made that pick before Sione Chaki Chaki left with COVID-19. Porter Gustin left the lineup with COVID-19. Ronnie Harrison got hurt on the first play of the game. So three uh, major defenders down uh, before we uh, were able to pick that game. So I, I feel your pain, Ellis, on the Ravens game. Listen, I'll give you Ronnie Harrison. Sione Takitaki and Port Augustine ain't saving that defense, though. Well, when you add it to uh, Miles being out and Denzel being out, you know, you're getting a little thin in the back end. I think I think Mary Kay just jumped in because she didn't want to be introduced last. That was I the voice you heard. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I think from now on, I'm going to just come up with a pick and then just tell you the opposite because my record would be phenomenal. All right. So, so by request, we will not read Mary Kay's record. Uh, after after this last week and joining us representing the texters hey the texters had a great week last week tim d'alessandro went three and one only missed the browns game so joining us is mike kirkner representing the now 20 and 28 football insider subscribers and trying to keep that momentum going mike how are you i'm good today thanks for having me okay uh let's get to it ellis you're in first you get to set the tone for us what have you got? All right, fun. Let's go with, and I will say this with that Ravens game, that line went all the way to 10 in, with Lamar Jackson out and then I, the, the Ravens cover, you know, so just in the back of my mind, I'm just going to keep telling myself that I was on the right side of that. You know, anyway. I'm gonna, by the way, I, I want to throw out there real quick that I definitely benefited from when we recorded that pod because I got the Eagles, I, whatever happened to Seattle managed to cover when I had it, but a whole bunch of people that got that game at like six, six and a half uh, did not do nearly as well uh, with that one. All right. Anyway, like I said, we picked three games uh, and then the Browns game. Ellis, give us game number one. We might need to start just going live at halftime of the Browns games and do live line bets, pick shows. That might be the way we start doing this. All right. Anyway, for my first pick, I'm going with the Lions plus three in Chicago. Simply, I, I did the same thing when uh, after the Falcons – uh, fired their head coach. It's a revenge game. No better way to stick it to your old head coach and the old GM than to go out and win the next game. That's how you clown them. I don't like the fact that it doesn't look like Kenny Galladay is going to play. It does look like they'll get DeAndre Swift back. He's their playmaker in the backfield. And Chicago's abysmal in offense. I, I, between them and the Eagles, who we just had to see in the other Monday night game, I don't know who is um, worse defensively or excuse me, with offensively. So you're not worried about Chicago there. And this Lions team, I think, is now ready to turn the page on the Matt Patricia era. And they're getting three points. So give me the Lions in Chicago. And it's a game that no one's going to be watching. You know, here in Minnesota, there's some NFC North stuff going on. But I think the Lions just have a revenge game and look like a team led by Matthew Stafford and take care of Chicago in their worthless season. 100% agree. Same pick. It feels like the Lions really hated Matt Patricia. Right. I think they will feel unburdened. So I also like that game. I'm taking the Lions. Uh, anybody else on that one? Nope. All right. So I will give my first uh, my first one here. I'm, I'm actually going with some big lines this week. My first one, I'm going to take an underdog. The Giants plus 10 against the Seahawks. The Seahawks play weird games. They don't really blow teams out. We saw them against Philadelphia. Uh, you know, obviously it was, it got a little wonky late and, and that made it a one score game, but I just, now I think the giants are playing pretty well. Now it could be Colt McCoy in that game. It might not be Daniel Jones. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for the giants. Uh, but I just think the giants who don't get blown out very much against the Seahawks who don't blow very many teams out. I like that. I like that 10 points there. So that is my first game. Is that a Colt? Is that a Colt McCoy game? Yeah. It could be. It could be. I, I actually checked before we came on. I guess there's optimism with Daniel Jones, but I'm not buying it. I think it's going to yeah, be he, Colt. 
you'll be unhappy to hear that that I have this pick as well, Dan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you shouldn't feel too good about it. Um, yeah, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm taking the Giants and the points in this one, uh, showing some faith in old Colt McCoy, my old buddy. Uh, and like you said, the, the Seahawks games have all been really weird. And, the, you know, the Giants are starting to do some, some interesting things. So I, don't, I think it's going to be uh, closer than, than a 10-point spread. Okay, so uh, we've all got our first game except for Mike. So, Mike, what do you have for your, uh, your first game? Well, I'm going to stay in the, uh, the AFC North, and I also am uh, looking at a rather large line. I'm going to take the Bengals plus 11 and a half to, um, if not upset Miami, at least keep the game within a, a, a one or two scores because of the line. I just, Miami is, is a team that's kind of hot and cold of late, um, depending on how Tua plays. I, I think the Bengals are going to keep this close and may even pull off the upset. Bengals are... They even managed to cover last week without Joe Burrow. So there's just something about the Bengals. I, I gave this one a look, um, but I, I decided to, to stay away from it. Even though I was taking big lines this week, I, I decided to, to stay away from this one. Anybody else jump on this game? I don't have it, but Dan, you're right. I was all over the, the first place New York Giants in that NFC least uh, crushing the Bengals last week, and it, and it didn't happen. So I, I think this is, is a good spot to land. Now, that's a big spread for a team that probably doesn't deserve double, digit, double digits. Okay, so let's uh, wrap it back around. Ellis, give us your second game. All right, my second game, I just keep picking on the two primetime games. You know, like I said, we saw Chicago get destroyed Sunday night and then had to deal with the Eagles on Monday night. So now I've got the Packers minus nine versus Philly. Simply put, DK Metcalf against Darius Slay last week, 10 catches, 177 yards, again in primetime for the whole world to see that that a primetime corner just getting worked by a number one receiver. What do you think Devontae Adams is going to do? Jim Schwartz doesn't change up his game plan, which he usually doesn't. He, he wants to have his number one corner go up against the number one receiver and play that type of man coverage. It's what the Green Bay is likely going to see, and I think Slay's in for another tough outing. So give me Green Bay minus nine again against a Philly team that I just keep picking on, and I think it's free money. Why not? I wonder if Jim Schwartz is going to trash talk Devontae Adams like, like he did DK Metcalf. Yeah, he's no Calvin either, huh? Uh, well, <laughs> still almost go for 200 on you. <laughs> Doug? So I'm, uh, I'm officially on Dan's corner. I'm taking your corner, Dan. Ooh. I'm betting against the Jets again. I only won two games last week. I won the Browns and I won betting against the Jets. So I am going to bet against the Jets again. I'm taking the Raiders minus nine and a half. The Raiders are coming off a terrible loss at Atlanta. So there's, if they want to stay in the playoff race at all, like, they got to win this game. It feels like a get-right game. They don't only win it. They win it big. And, Dan, you were on this early. We begged you. We're begging you to come back. <laughs> come back to betting against the Jets. We welcome you back. They're really quite terrible. They want to be 0-16. Adam Gase does not know what he is doing. They want to get Trevor Lawrence. They want to lose. So I think they will lose convincingly. I'll take the Raiders and feel good about it. Well, you guys welcomed me back at my Thanksgiving table last week. Uh, with open arms, talked me into it, and it worked out for me, so I stayed. I decided to stick around, and I also have the Raiders uh, minus nine and a half against the Jets. I wrote down here, the Jets can't afford to start winning right now. The Jags are bearing down on them. You can't, you can't give up that, that zero in the win column. That's the best asset that they have right now. Uh, so, and, and look, the Raiders, like you said, it's going to be a bounce-back game. You know, look, you can't lose to the Falcons. The Falcons have been playing better but you can't lose to the Falcons like that. The Raiders are going to need this game. So I'm with you on this. The Jets uh, are the Raiders minus nine and a half over the Jets. Is anybody else on the anti-Jets train here? I mean, they don't I even am, know who's calling plays. Mike? Yes, I also have, have the uh, – I'm on the uh, anti-Jet plane, and I, I'm taking Las Vegas minus nine and a half. And I agree it's a get-right game. I really didn't expect them to – to go into Atlanta and just play their absolutely worst game of the year. They couldn't do that when they came to, into our house, <laughs> but uh, I, I expect that, that to be a, a pretty convincing win for the Raiders, a, a confidence booster, because they, they can't afford to lose again. 
they're kind of in the same uh, boat as the Ravens are now. They're they're kind of looking on the outside, looking in, and they gotta they gotta make up some ground. All right, uh, let's see here, uh, Mary Kay. What is your uh, second game? Speaking of the Raiders, I mean, it was such a smart pick last week, wasn't it? Raiders minus three over the Falcons. I mean, like, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? But it did. Um, okay, so I have my friend. I'm picking some of my friends in the quarterback uh, business this, this week. My friend Josh Allen, the Bills, by one over the 49ers. Nick Mullins is starting that game. It's out in San Francisco. Not going to be easy. They're getting some guys back healthy. The 49ers are. Um, but I, I still think uh, they can pull this one off. I think Josh can go out there, make some plays, maybe with his feet as well as his arm, and, and win this one by one. I would just like to note for the record, <laughs> here we are heading into the 12th game of the season for the Browns. I think we are full steam ahead for a four versus five first round playoff matchup. Josh Allen on the bills, Baker Mayfield on the Browns. I think that is right there for us. So we may settle this once and for all, not that we'll settle it once and for all. We'll keep settling it for the next decade, but I really think, I mean, that, that could be a very fun first round playoff game, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. I was just gonna say, not that we need to turn this into a playoff tease podcast, but I Browns fans, I think that's the matchup you want. Buffalo struggles against the run. It would fall right into the, the Browns' forte there and could make for a, a great 4-5 matchup. I think Doug's right. This is actually an interesting game. I kind of wish I would have spotted it. I'm not, I'm not going to change here, but this is, you know, especially with San Francisco, they're picking up and moving to Arizona. Like, come on. You got to be able yeah. to go in and win that game, Buffalo, <laughs> in, in, in this week when they're moving out of Santa Clara and have to live in hotels for the rest of the season. Uh, okay, so that's two for everyone. So, Ellis, give us your third. All right. I went back and forth on this one. The Rams are three-point favorites in Arizona. And you see that, and I'm like, all right, Arizona plus three seems like the the, the smart play. But there's something about the Rams coming off a, a loss in which – and in the fashion they, they the 49ers defeated them. The Niners just seem to have uh, the Rams' number. They've lost – they've gotten swept – by the Niners in back-to-back seasons. Uh, Jared Goff, uh, I think four turnovers. This Rams team is just going to turn it around. Uh, these two teams haven't played yet this year, but they did play in week 17 of last season. The Rams won 31-24, uh, but they only trailed once. It was early in the first quarter. The Rams really controlled that entire game. So in a team, in a game that really has obviously division implications and then wildcard implications, the Rams are seven and four, Arizona six and five. The Rams have a chance to really separate themselves here uh, with a win. So just give me Jared Goff, give me Sean McVay in a game plan that keeps the ball away from the Arizona offense and the Rams reestablish themselves as one of the NFC teams to watch. Yeah, this is one of the, uh, this is definitely one of the marquee games this week. Yeah. Um, okay. Have, my last big line. Oh, go ahead, Mary Kay. Um, I have not put, nearly as much thought into this as Ellis has, and I never do, <laughs> as you can tell by my record. But, um, but I don't know, I just, I like the Cardinals in this one. So I'm taking the Cardinals and the points. Uh, the game is in Arizona. Uh, both of these teams are coming off big upset losses. And uh, I don't know, I, I just, I, I really, really like Kyler Murray. So I, I keep getting fooled. I keep getting like the, picking the quarterbacks that I like <laughs> in these, uh, in these games and it's not serving me well, but I'm just going to keep doing it. Can I just say that I have come to enjoy the Mary Kay combination of I've put no thought into these picks, but then you're also angry when the teams let you down. Like I can tell you're angry at Derek Carr and the Raiders right now. You're like, what are you doing? How do you go to Atlanta and, and lose this game? So I am already preemptively getting ready for you to be angry at Kyler Murray a week oh, from now. Like, what I'm did you do to me, Kyler? I'm going to be. You know what? I keep making the, like I said, I keep making these picks based on what I think the quarterback is going to do in that in any given game. And they keep letting me down. Russell has let me down. It's just, it's, it's been challenging. I will say Kyler kind of had his first mortal game in a long time last mm -hmm. weekend. So again, like the get right kind of stuff, this could be Kyler could really get right. Kyler might have, might throw for three and run for three in this one. 
that, that Rams that Rams defense is underrated. Jalen Ramsey, DeAndre Hopkins will be incredible to watch, and then you know Aaron Donald being able to maybe track Kyler a bit. It, it's it, like Dan said, it's the marquee matchup of the week probably. Okay, uh, my last game, uh, another big line, huge line, Chiefs uh, minus thirteen and a half over the Broncos. Denver's defense is really good, but not good enough to slow down Kansas City. I don't think. I think the Chiefs. Uh, you know, I mean, they put up a big number against Denver the last time they played. I actually looked it up, and it, there, I don't think there was anything real weird in that game. I just think the Chiefs beat them. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with the Chiefs in that offense minus 13 and a half over the Broncos. Unless Denver changes their game plan up, Dan, that first game was hilarious because all they did, Drew Lock did, was just throw verticals. He, he was like nine for 28. Just they were just like a high school offense trying to draw a pass interference or complete a deep ball, which then results into three and outs and gives. Kansas City the ball back and it's Denver I don't see them changing that game plan up especially since their quarterbacks clearly aren't meeting or following any protocols so I think you're on the right side of that one all right Doug what's your third game I will say I was just double checking this I think the Chiefs the Chiefs according to what I'm looking at are only like six and five against the spread this year maybe that's old but maybe that's a week late but I'm surprised it feels like a lot of us have picked the Chiefs at times and there just have been games where they haven't covered the line so I'm very intrigued by that pick last week yeah I've heard some people. I've heard some people throw out that like the Chiefs might just be bored. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Yeah, which is when you're betting, you can't just bet on like who's good. I mean, we right. cut, we we're running into this with Ohio State right now. It's like Ohio State. It's like, well, they're better than the team they're playing, but are they just going to screw it up in the second half and let a team cover backdoor cover against them? So anyway, good luck with the Chiefs. Last <laughs> game, I I really really like this game. I'm a little surprised nobody else is on this. Deshaun Watson is on fire. He's thrown for at least 281 yards in like seven of the last eight games or eight of the last nine every week, except when he played the wind in Cleveland, the Texans have won three of their last four, every game, except the game in Cleveland, they started one and six. They're playing the Colts. I think the Colts could be on the precipice of falling out of this playoff race. They're coming off a big loss to Tennessee. That was important for them. They have the Texans twice in the next three weeks. They have the Raiders, they have another tough game. Like they have kind of a tough road here at the end. The Texans are home. They're a home dog. And I'm not so sure that right now they aren't playing kind of almost as well as the Colts. Again, they've won three of their last four. I like Tex the Texans getting three and a half at home against Indianapolis. I like it a lot. Like if you could put, this would be my best bet of the week. Just that Deshaun is on fire and they had that tough schedule at the start of the year. They fired their coach. The schedule's getting a little easier. I just think this this is a good game for Browns fans too. Like this, let let the Colts lose a couple like these, and that's kind of pulling one of those other teams out of the playoff race. So I'll take Houston getting three and a half. I, I did look at I did look at this game, especially if DeForest Buckner can't play. That's huge for the Colts. We saw it again against the Titans. I, I did take a look at this game, but I'm not ready, quite ready to, to give up on the Colts just yet. Real quickly on that one, I looked at it too. I actually wrote it down and then crossed it out. So, Doug, I'm going to poke some holes in this real quickly for you. That scared me off it. Um, it's a Deshaun Watson pick. He has four receivers in uh, Randall Cobb, um, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks. Only one of them is playing this game. Um, I'm thinking it's Cooks, but, you know, Will Fuller with the PED, Bradley Roby now out with PED um, violations. And then the Buckner thing's huge. I couldn't find what's where Buckner's trending. Um, so that kind of freaked me out. If he plays, that obviously goes against Deshaun Watson. Um, but again, it, it's Watson and Phillip Rivers is banged up a little bit. So that would obviously side with the Colts. It just, it's, it's a, it's a tough one, but it's, it's a Watson pick. And when he, the conditions are well, he's playing like probably the second best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. Uh, worth noting his best receiver got pinched for PEDs and is done for the end, for the rest of the season. So that yeah, kind of important. So yes. Well, thank you for pointing that out, Ellis. And you can <laughs> rub it in my face a week from now when it's wrong. Well, it's recorded. Well, no changes. <laughs> Mike, what's your third game? Well, Doug kind of stole my thunder, but now I'm starting to second guess it after hearing what Ellis had to say. But See, you can I'm second gonna, guess because you haven't said it yet. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the, the Texans plus the three and a half. I, I just think uh, the Colts really, um, it was an emotional game last week against the Titans. I, I think they're they're a little beat up, and I really feel like the Texans, since Romeo um, took over, have been a different team. I mean, they really could be could be could have been what is it five and one or six and one, 
the, the one game they lost, I, I can't remember who it was. They lost on the last play to Detroit or somebody like that. And um, I, I just like the way they're playing. I like the way Deshaun's playing. Yeah, he's down some receivers, but I think that doesn't really matter to him. Right. I think he'll he'll find a way, and I I think they're gonna pull the upset. I think Indy's in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I I think just as an aside, seeing Deshaun Watson without DeAndre Hopkins this year, and, and sort of just on a in a miserable situation, and seeing what he's done has only just elevated, I, I think, what his his profile is. Yeah, uh, there's the not a guy there, there's not a guy with a higher degree of difficulty right now in football than Deshaun Watson. It's it's remarkable what he's accomplishing. And I mean, he's getting MVP consideration. I mean, people are talking about him like that. It is just right. incredible uh, to watch him. And boy, did the Browns luck out. Did they luck out on that game? <laughs> that, that, was, that was a good day for bad weather. The Raiders I mean, game maybe wasn't, but that was a good day. Yeah, that, wow. You I mean, were right. That. That, that was a luck out game there for sure. Okay. Speaking of the Browns, we've got to pick the Cleveland Browns and the Tennessee Titans. We always let our football insider subscriber go first. I've got this at Titans minus six. So what is your pick, Mike? Well, I, I've thought a lot about this game, and I, I really think that with the Browns being without Denzel Ward and Ronnie Harrison on the back end, that's really going to cause some problems for them. You, you know, I know Derrick Henry is going to get all the, the publicity, but I, I think – and Miles Garrett, I, I just don't think – he's going to be hundred percent healthy and completely um, free of the uh, effects of COVID. And I, I, I expect his snap count to be down a little bit. I do think the Browns will, will, will keep it close with their running game. I, I can see it be, being uh, within, I, I like the Browns plus six. I think they're going to keep it within a, a reasonable score. The one thing that I, the only way I could see the Browns upsetting the Titans is if, if Baker plays a complete game, which he has not done yet this year, if he could avoid the, the missing the, the wide open throws and, and still make the wow throws, it, that they'll have a chance. But I see it uh, Titans 28, Browns 24. Okay, so uh, let's see. I'll go next here. I, I can't figure this game out. I really can't. And I think it's hard to pick the Browns because – you know, we're so, we're so close to the team, right? Like where we, we overthink this football team because we cover them every day. We're around them every day. So it just makes a game like this more difficult. The other weird thing about this game is the total is I actually just looked it up here. The total for this game is 53 and a half, which is surprisingly high because my instinct is that this game is going to be kind of fast and low scoring, but apparently Folks making the lines and the over-unders don't think so. They think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Uh, so here's what I know about the Titans. They remind me a little bit of the Raiders. So this might feel like the Raiders game a little bit in better weather. They have a really efficient offense. Uh, I looked this up. They're second in pass, D in pass DVOA, third in rush DVOA, third in drive success rate, and fourth in points per drive. And I just think a lot of that efficiency against this Browns defense I've actually done research on this game, believe it or not. A lot of that efficiency against this Browns defense is, is going to cause problems. I think the Browns are going to control the football a little bit. But I see the Titans winning this game probably by a touchdown. So I'm going to take the Titans minus six. Who wants to go next? I'll, I want to go, go last. I want to go last. Doug wants to go last. All right. All right. I'll go. Um, Dan laid it out perfectly there. This is a Titans offense that is extremely impressive, far more explosive than the Browns are on the perimeter, specifically AJ Brown, Corey Davis. They're dangerous after the catch. This is as difficult as assignment. The Browns, especially with how depleted they are, will have in the secondary all year. And I just spent 30 seconds there without even mentioning Derrick Henry, but we all know what that means. Um, these are similar teams. Both want to run a lot of play action. Both defenses are a bit beat up, but as I said, offensively, the Titans are just better. Uh, statistically speaking, um, aside from everything Dan laid out, they're number two in EPA uh, expected points added uh, only behind the, the Seahawks. Uh, but with all that being said, I'm taking the Browns plus six simply because this game better be within that six point margin um, about a quarter of the way through the fourth quarter. Uh, the Browns have to look the part here, uh, two, eight and three teams. And if this game is, within that six point margin, 
a quarter way through the fourth quarter, then anything can happen. A, a turnover here, Miles Garrett striking. You, you just don't know. So six is a lot of points for two teams that are both eight and three, despite Tennessee hosting. At, these home fields are basically neutralized at this point with no crowds, uh, you know, maximum capacity crowds. So give me the Browns plus six. This is a game, a got to see it, got to prove it game. And I think the Browns will have a game plan sufficient enough to exploit Tennessee's weak defense and try to play a little bit of keep away from a more explosive Titans offense. I, I was actually surprised, but I thought the line would be closer. Too. I did too. I was, I was yeah. surprised by that six number because you're right. I mean, these are very, I mean, these teams are sort of mirror images of each other in a lot of ways, not just on offense, but their defenses too. Uh, Mary Kay? Yep. I struggled with this one. I really did. I don't even know why I bother struggling. I should just, once again, pick the opposite of what I think is going to happen. Uh, but I am taking the Browns uh, and the points in this one. I think the Titans are going to win. I don't necessarily know that they're going to win by more than six. Um, I, I think that it can absolutely 100% go either way. It can go either way this game because when you have Miles Garrett, uh, you know, anything can happen. They have some weaknesses on their offensive line, including they're down to their third string left tackle. He will be making his second NFL start. So that's an area where uh, Miles Garrett can try to wreck the game a little bit. If Miles can uh, find some weaknesses along that line to exploit, uh, you know, he can, he can mess those guys up a little bit. Uh, you know, Olivier Vernon, you know, he's, he's come around a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's very, very challenging, obviously, in the secondary. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it could be a blowout. I mean, the Browns could lose 45 to 26, or it could be a close game. I mean, it's a really <laughs> tough game. I mean, when I, I always think when the Browns have their two-headed monster and when they have Miles Garrett, they can kind of hang with anybody. And so now we'll see how that goes. But I'm taking the Browns in six. Doug? Doug, do you want a drum roll? Do you want a drum roll? No, I'm just saying, I don't want to, I'm not here to convince anybody. I'm not trying to convince anybody. So don't, you don't have to listen to me. I'm just telling you what I think. This is it. This is the time the Browns play their best game. They win. I think they go win this game. The idea that maybe Miles is not himself. I think that's a very good point. I think that's a very important point, but we've been waiting for the Browns to play their best game. The Titans started off 5-0. and They're 3-3 three and three in their last six. That includes a win over the Bears, who stink, and an overtime win over the Ravens. They looked good getting right last week at the Colts in kind of a really big game for them. I thought Baker looked more confident. He made the right reads. He missed some throws, but I thought he saw the game well last week. I think Kevin Stefanski gave him things that allowed him to see the game. I think if Joe Burrow can take advantage of this Titans defense, I think Baker Mayfield can take advantage of this Titans defense. You know, you mentioned someone mentioned the Raiders game and the Raiders game, Nick Chubb didn't play. Miles Garrett only played half the snaps. If it turns into that kind of game, the Browns are much more ready to compete in that kind of game, even without Denzel, right? It's, I just think this isn't, but I also think it's more like Dan, you said the, the number is pretty high that feels like Vegas thinks this is going to be a, high scoring game. I think it might be like that. I think this might be 31, 24, 35, 31. It, like this gets up there and the offense has to carry it. Miles makes a couple plays, but I feel like we are maybe I am ready to see Baker Mayfield's best game of the year. And maybe like in a long time, I just thought, I just thought last week showed me some stuff coming along. And if he just doesn't miss a couple of those throws, I think this is it. So I was hesitant last week. I am not hesitant at all. Getting the six, I love getting the six, but I think they win this outright. And this is the game where we realize, even without Denzel Ward and some of the other guys they would all have, even without Ronnie Harrison, I think we realize how good this offense at least can be. And then the offense becomes their best defense. All right. I'm just fading everybody, I guess. <laughs> All right. So this week, I am the outlier. I'm taking the Titans minus six. Everyone else taking uh, the Browns and the six. Doug picking an outright win. Uh, but we'll give him the victory anyway, even if the Browns don't win outright. Uh, we'll still chalk that one up. All right, uh, Mike, time to put you on the spot, as we do every week for our Football Insider subscribers. Tell us, oh, wide eyes. Tell, tell us 
why it is you subscribe to, to uh, Football Insider. I just enjoy listening to your guys' insight and uh, the way you guys break down the game and the, and the, and the picks. I, I follow each of you on Twitter, so I enjoy, uh, you know, the information you provide. And I, uh, I think it's a great, uh, great podcast. And um, I think it's one that uh, more people should be subscribed to if they haven't. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Subscribe to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast and check out Football Insider as well. Hey, we got to got to watch the tape coming up on Friday uh, later today, right? Yep. Doug, Ellis, do you know what you're what you're hitting on that one? We're hitting the run games. We're hitting both sides of it. We're hitting Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb versus Derrick Henry. Yeah. Do you right. think there's going to be so? You think there's going to be some run run plays called on Sunday? You think there's going to be a little bit of running? We're, we're going to go over that. We'll t- we got you guys covered. That's what I'm saying, but I, th- I thought it would be like a two and a half hour game, but apparently Vegas thinks differently. All right. right uh, that's going to do it for the picks portion of our pod. Uh, stick around. Mary Kay and I are going to talk to Teresa Walker to give you a full preview of the Tennessee Titans. And I'm sure by the time we're done with that, I want to change my pick, but it's too late. It's recorded. It's in the books. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks for having me. We now welcome on uh, covering the Titans for the AP in Nashville, Teresa Walker. You can find her on Twitter at Teresa M. Walker. Teresa, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. How are you all doing? Doing well. We are doing great. We're looking forward to coming down to Nashville this weekend. And uh, boy, this should be a really exciting game. Uh, So my question, my first question to you, Teresa, is how are you viewing the big uh, the big running game matchup, Derrick Henry versus on the other side, the Browns two-headed monster. I can't wait to watch this. I mean, let's face it, we've seen Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry in the month of December. Well, since he joined the NFL in 2016, no one has more yards or touchdowns than Derrick Henry in the month of December. Uh, We've been kind of talking this week here in Nashville. Is it, uh, you know, what to call it? I'm calling it Dehenber because, you know, Derrick Henry, Dehen, it's December. So that, you know, I I, kind of cut through the mess uh, and the chatter. We're going with Dehenber here in Nashville. But, uh, but let's face it. I mean, when he won the rushing title a year ago, uh, Nick Chubb was right there after him. And if not for Chubb having missed some games this year, it would probably he right behind him again, or maybe have the lead uh, instead of having Dalvin Cook right behind him, second in the rushing yard. So. Uh, it's going to be fun. And, you know, the the Titans are coming off a game where they allowed just 56 yards rushing to Indianapolis. But, you know, there was no Marlon Mack in that game. There was no Jonathan Taylor. Uh, So this will be a true test for the Titans defense. But it also will be a test for the Browns defense, who, uh, when I was looking them up, gave up 140 yards rushing to the Jaguars last week. So if I'm a Browns fan, I might be just a little concerned, even with Miles Garrett coming back. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm curious because it's obviously been a storyline here. You know, Derrick Henry actually passed Nick Chubb uh, on the last day of the season in one of the later games the Browns played earlier, and and they kind of thought they had it locked up. Uh, Nick Chubb has not said anything about it. He doesn't say a whole lot, but it does feel like some of the Browns offensive linemen, it kind of rubbed them the wrong way that he didn't get that rushing title. For for the Titans, their offensive linemen and for Derrick Henry, what, what did that mean for them? Well, it meant clinching a wild card spot. I mean, right. you know, he, he what the Titans and Derrick Henry weren't so much in that later game in Houston, which was pushed back because of the playoff stakes in that game. It was more that they wanted a wild card berth the first, uh, you know, second in three years, but the first under Mike Vrabel. So, you know, they were trying to, you know, just get in. And Derrick Henry, as they really figured out in the month of December last year, was their best ticket to ride. And they've ridden him all through this year as well. And and they just kept giving him the ball and he turned in an incredible game and yes, passed Nick Chubb by 46 yards. So, uh, you know, that's the thing until the final game ends, uh, you know, number 256, nobody in the NFL should really rest easily. Now, now we all know offensive linemen really like to go get that because, you know, for an offensive lineman, you know, that, you know, besides giving up sacks, you know, rushing titles, those are the things that you can really note a, a, an offensive line by. Well, instead it was the Tennessee Titans and they just followed Derrick Henry to the AFC championship game. So, you know, they, it, Tennessee knows what they've got. And uh, this year, there's no doubt about what they do on offense. You know what? I mean, I agree with you. When I looked back to that game against the Jaguars, I was on 
Sirius XM with uh, Charlie Weiss this morning, and he and he was saying, oh, you know, don't you know, don't uh, look at James Robinson like he's nothing. You know, he's doing uh, great things to a lot of teams this year. But still, if you're going to give up 128 yards to James Robinson, you really better uh, kind of batten down the hatches and be ready for Derrick Henry because. I mean, this could be like a cyclone moving through this defense now without Ronnie Harrison, without Denzel Ward. Uh, you know, these these guys are a little bit banged up. But let, let me ask you um, about Ryan Tannehill, because even, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield was saying, hey, you know, yeah, it, it's OK to talk about the running backs. But this is a game where, you know, we're going to need all three phases to win. And I think he was sort of saying, don't overlook the quarterbacks in the passing game either. So tell us a little bit about Ryan Tannehill. What's he doing well? Four picks. How's he doing it? Well, he's doing it by being very decisive, and he's got lots of help. I mean, he's he's able to scatter the ball all over the place. I mean, there's been games where he's thrown it to nine different receivers this year, and now he's got Corey Davis and A.J. Brown playing well together in recent weeks. Uh, the first of the season, you know, either one was dealing with an injury, one was out, back, you know, back and forth, but now they've kind of put a couple of games together where they both had some big moments and big catches, uh, but he gets the ball out quicker. I mean, you know, have, after having Having seen Marcus Mariota and then you see Tannehill back there you know he's just getting that ball out so much faster he knows where he's going and, and more crucially he is putting that ball in positions for guys to keep running once they get it I mean you watch uh, A.J. Brown he had he took a simple crosser in Indianapolis 69 yards because Tannehill put that ball so he could keep running instead of leading him into a defender or out of bounds and that can make all the difference and uh, with that you know just four interceptions it's it's a little crazy to look at that the Titans have five turnovers through 11 games I mean it's it's a franchise best uh and, and you know something that hadn't been done in the NFL for a very long time so you know they're taking very good care of the ball and Tannehill absolutely is a big part of that and when there's nothing there he's he's willing to pull it down and scramble for it you know we've seen him run for touchdowns he had one in Indianapolis but he's he's taken off many a time uh to help keep def defenses off balance so you know if, if you pile up to stop Derrick Henry the Titans, that's okay. They'll go to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Now, when you talk about a guy like A.J. Brown, how is he, I mean, we've seen the highlight plays the last couple of weeks, uh, but how has he really kind of helped this offense, you know, move forward since he came into the league? And, and what has he done for this offense? Dan, he has been the number one receiver that they've been searching for literally since they moved to Tennessee. You know, they had Derek Mason, you know, although they didn't really tap him too much until the last few years of his tenure here. Uh, they had a Drew Bennett, you know, show up at times, but literally this is the guy that they've been trying to find in the draft for so long. And, you know, he plays, you know, there's, there's a cockiness and confidence when he plays, but when you talk to him, you don't get that in that locker room. You know, he's a guy who, you know, he had some drops a couple of weeks ago against Indianapolis, dropped a big would-be touchdown early in that game. And, you know, he beats himself up about it in the way that pushes himself to be better. And we saw that in Indianapolis. He made up for those drops, or at least tried to. So, you know, he can he can take criticism and push himself to be better. But, you know, for a guy who's 6'1", he just plays so much taller. And once he gets the ball in his hands, he becomes fast. He, he, he says, my mindset is once I have the ball in my hands, go score. And we've seen him take catch after catch to the end zone because he has that mentality. And it's, it's, it's been refreshing to watch. Now, before we ask you a little bit about the defensive side of the ball, because I, for one, would like to know a little bit more about uh, what they are going to do to try to stop the two-headed monster of uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But I want to ask you about a matchup first uh, before we go over to that side a little bit. And that is... Uh, your left tackle, not your left tackle, but the Titans left tackle, uh, David Quessenberry, making his second NFL start, Miles Garrett coming back. What do you what do you make of that matchup? I won't be surprised if they give uh, Quessenberry some help. Because let's face it, this is a guy who, you know, he's been on and off the practice squad. This is a guy who was drafted by Houston in 2013, dealt with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, you know, keeps sticking around, keeps working, and he finally makes his first NFL start in Indianapolis. He's the third tackle to start for the Titans this year with Taylor Lewan on IR, then his replacement goes on IR, and there's Quisenberry who's been hanging around, uh, and he now has a chance to, to, to earn, you know, to stay there and, and help them. You know, the 
Titans only gave up one sack last week, but yeah, the Colts were missing DeForest Buckner, Danico Autry. So, you know, this will be a much truer test, but the Titans haven't given up that many sacks period this year. So uh, I, I won't be surprised. And I'm frankly expecting, you know, maybe some ta- you know, tight, t- excuse me, tight tackles tight ends. I'm getting alliterative there, but uh, give him a little help there just to make sure that they give him time. But this is where it's going to come down on Ryan Tannehill. Get the ball out quick. And with uh, Harrison out and there, you know, the questions about Ward, if they can, you know, if they can buy him an- enough time to get down the field against that secondary, you know, this may be an opportunity for Tannehill to show what he can do. He, he you know, he's done a lot of handing off lately. This might be a game where he has to help them win. So let's talk about the defensive side of the ball because, you know, again, part of why these teams feel like mere images is both defenses appear to have struggled. The Browns defense has struggled. It appears that the Titans defense has struggled as well. Have they gotten any better than kind of where they were early in the season or are they still trying to figure some things out? They seem to be settling in three of the last four games. They've held opponents to 34.8% or worse on third down percentages. And, and, and right now, I mean, they're on par to have the worst third down percentage, you know, in forever, it seems like in the NFL. They, I mean, they've been horrible. I mean, even the Ravens a couple of weeks ago were like 70% on third downs. But, you know, they've been improving. You know, Jadavian Clowney is on IR. He's missed the last couple of games. Uh, you know, their leading tackler, Jayon Brown, he's missed the last game. He's on IR are done for the year uh so it's you know they've been having to mix and match i mean shoot their starting cornerback at dory jackson started on ir we have yet to see him in a game he hasn't practiced at all this week so we i don't think we'll be seeing him on sunday by any means uh but they traded for desmond king and uh breon borders is a guy that's been around the league i think the titans are his seventh or eighth team and those two have really helped solidify the secondary and you know that combining with going a little younger uh on the outside back you know, they cut Vic Beasley. Derek Roberson's a guy who's getting some more snaps out there. Harold Landry, he's got four and a half sacks. And then keep an eye on Rashawn Evans. He's a guy who's mostly played inside, but he's helping as well on that outside to give them some pass rush. And, you know, how they've managed to kind of cobble some things together and they're playing better. And I will say this, keep an eye on number 98, Jeff Simmons. Uh, You know, he's getting a lot of double teams, second year player, uh, 19th pick overall out of uh, Mississippi State a year ago. Uh, He's a guy who's going to be key and huge if the Titans are going to stop and slow down that run game now when you look at at what they might do against baker mayfield baker's getting uh you know he's he's running the play action game really well he's getting out on on the bootlegs and the rollouts he doesn't necessarily fare well under pressure but it sounds to me like what you're saying is uh they are putting together uh pressure where wherever they can get it from Absolutely. And, you know, when they've had success, when they went to overtime against Baltimore, you know, they dialed up some blitzes and they got their one sack of the game in Baltimore in overtime to force the Ravens three and out. So it's been really timely when they've gotten pressure on the quarterback. So it's almost been a little bit of, you know, rope-a-dope a little bit, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll bow up when we need to, or we'll die up the blitz when we absolutely have to, and just try to let guys play at times. And it, it, so far it's been effective. Now, we can't let you go without asking about Mike Vrabel. He's a guy from Northeast Ohio, uh, from Summit County, where, where I'm at. Um, Mike Vrabel you know, made that, had that playoff berth last year, took this team to the AFC Championship game. What impact has he had on, on this organization and, and the franchise there? It's been tremendous. I mean, you know, let's not forget, this is a franchise that's not long removed from a, a couple of years of five and 27. You know, so they certainly know what the Browns are doing, trying to climb their way back up into relevancy. You know, they've had four straight nine and seven seasons and Rabel had, has had the last two, but it, it's been more mindset. You know, it, you, sometimes the cliches can sound a little, you know, mind numbing at times, but the fast, physical, aggressive, loving football, well, you can see those terms that he was throwing around the first day he was introduced that mark is on this team you know David Quisenberry you don't stick around trying to stay in the NFL for seven years without making a start unless you love the game of football uh you know playing hard and physical you know some of the quotes I've seen from Cleveland uh, a mark about Jack Conklin on that right tackle side for the offensive line coming from Tennessee is 
physical. And so that in print, you know, they're going to hit you. They're going to play hard. And that kind of toughness, let's not forget, they had the first COVID outbreak during the season in the NFL this year, you know, forced not one, but two games to get postponed. And they still managed to start five and oh. So, uh, you know, they, they, they're able to take adversity, deal with it in games. You know, they, they've, they've had like four come from behind games this year where they've come back to win. So they've worked through some things and that print is absolutely on them. And, you know, when you see Mike Brable, he'll joke with media, you know, he's not like most coaches. He'll have his days where he's a little Belichickian, but uh, you know, it, that kind of go out, have fun, play hard and, and be serious when you have to, that's reflective of the team. And so now if they get managed to get their first division title in 12 years and go any further in the playoffs than they did last year, uh, a large credit is going to have to go to Mike Vrabel. You know, I just have one more question for you myself, and that is, I don't know if you saw Kaderil Hodges' comments from earlier in the week, uh, you know, when, when he said the Titans are not a super team, they can be beat like anybody else, and, uh, you know, we, we're just wondering if, did that turn into uh, any bulletin board material? Will Mike use that, and how did that play down there? Well, I know when I pulled that quote out to retweet uh, my colleague's story that day, uh, there was a lot of people saying, ooh, put that on the bulletin board. Now, will the Titans ever admit to it? Probably not until after the game on Sunday. And there's a lot of truth to what he said. I mean, you know, Titans certainly aren't super. Uh, super. They have not played in a Super Bowl, but once, and that was in 2000. And, you know, two playoff bursts, they've gone to the divisional round each of those last two times. So they've got little pieces, but, you know, hey, Cincinnati beat them earlier this year. So, you know, the Titans are at a moment as well, similar to the Browns, where how good are they? How good can they be this season? They've got to prove themselves as well. Okay, so before we let you go, uh, can you give us what your prediction might be for Sunday? I, I, I don't want to sound like a homer, but looking at a team that is fifth in scoring in the NFL and, and the offense is clicking now the last game and a half, I, I'm going to go Titans probably 30-24. Uh, I think that's probably how Mary Kay and I are, are feeling too. I know I'm kind of feeling like I might, I might end up picking the Titans in this one. Uh, I won't speak for Mary Kay though. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa Walker uh, covers the Titans and a lot of other things down in Nashville for the Associated Press. You can find her on Twitter at Teresa M. Walker. Teresa, thanks for the time. My pleasure. Thank you both.